Before we start this week's explainer, I just wanted to thank you for listening and ask a quick favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Jump on iTunes and leave us a comment or ranking. It really does make a difference and help us compete with the hundreds of thousands of other podcasts out there. Okay, let's jump right in. From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. General, in April, the Pentagon will start enforcing what's been called Trump's transgender military ban. What exactly does this ban include? So, Michelle, I'd start off saying it's not a ban. It actually allows transgender individuals to serve in the military. But let's talk about the actual policy. What it says is if you're transgender and you have no history of gender dysphoria, you can serve. And my hat's off to those that want to serve. If, however, you have a history of gender dysphoria, which is a marked incongruence between your biological sex and the sex with which you identify, then you cannot serve. And there's good reasons for that. Lieutenant General Thomas Spohr serves as director of Heritage's Center for National Defense and wrote an op-ed that inspired today's episode. Prior to joining Heritage, Spohr served for over 36 years in the United States Army. He's an expert on national defense policy and strategy and has testified before Congress on defense strategy, budgets, and equipment modernization. So, to be clear, when we talk about gender dysphoria, we're talking about when an individual isn't sure if they identify as a man or a woman. It's actually a bit more than that. So, uh, you have your assigned gender, your biological gender, if you will, and then the gender by which you identify. In some people, that difference between the two causes a lot of uh, difficulty functioning. It causes stress and anxiety, and that's a medical condition known as gender dysphoria. And so you said that there's actually no transgender ban at all in this new policy. If you are transgender, you can serve, and this ban only applies to those with gender dysphoria. Yeah, exactly. And so that doesn't get a lot of publicity, but prior to... Uh, 2016, you couldn't serve in the military if you were transgender. The new policy that the Pentagon's been trying to implement actually allows service by transgender individuals. So it's not a ban. It's just a criteria for entrance. So Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, a leading liberal, has been at the forefront of this issue. As members of the Senate, one of our most serious responsibilities is to stand up for the men and women who serve in our armed services. We have an obligation to represent their interests, to value and respect their service, to give them the tools and resources they need to defend our country. Kicking out thousands of service members simply because of their gender identity doesn't make our military stronger. It makes our military weaker. More recently, Gillibrand has come out against the Pentagon's requirements, introducing a bipartisan bill against them, stating that President Trump's ban on transgender service members is discrimination. General, is this discrimination? Yes, it is discrimination, but there's 
two meanings of the word of discrimination. One is when you hold a group of individuals uh, unfairly discriminated against them because of some uh, reason or whatever. Discrimination also means being able to tell the difference between one thing and another. And this is, that's what this is. Uh, this transgender policy uh, identifies that some people, ones with transgender that have gender dysphoria, are not medically qualified to serve in the military. So it's discrimination telling one thing from another. And by law, the military can accept only, quote-unquote, qualified, effective, and able-bodied individuals. What are some more examples of those who might not be qualified? Yeah, and so the list is endless. And so I served in a, a, a commanded, actually, a basic training unit, and we would, you know, there's people that um, bless them for wanting to serve, but if they have asthma or if they have a depressive disorder, bipolar, any one of a number of things, let's say a torn a rotator cuff in their shoulder, they're not qualified to serve. And that's that's really for two reasons. One is, obviously, their medical condition could impact the ability of their unit uh, to accomplish its mission. But then two, and the thing that's, again, not talked about very much is how it could actually harm that person. So let's say you had a, a torn rotator cuff in your shoulder. Military service can make that much worse. And so, therefore, you could be permanently disabled. And and similarly with gender dysphoria. So if you have this condition, which makes you more susceptible to some uh, mental injuries, it could actually cause you much greater harm than you entered the service with. So let's get into that a little bit more. Why would those experiencing gender dysphoria be specifically excluded? What is it about them that makes them not able-bodied individuals? Yeah, that's a, a great question. So there's a whole body of evidence Uh, There are surveys of individuals that are transgender. There is medical data from the Pentagon that that fairly conclusively establishes that those people that suffer from gender dysphoria are about eight eight times more likely to suffer with severe anxiety than the general U.S. population. And similarly, those with gender dysphoria attempt suicide at about 12 times the U.S. uh, rate. And that, those are some fairly significant differences. Yeah, and um, I'm a civilian, but I know uh, military service is inherently stressful. Can you talk a little bit about what some of those stresses are? Yeah. It, I mean, it starts almost from day one. They, they take off your, the clothes with it and give you a uniform. They cut your hair. Uh, they make you one of a group versus an individual. And then they take you out of your familiar comforting environment. So they'll... Uh, assign you to some military base far away. And then uh, after a bit of time, they may deploy you overseas where you have no support network. Uh, It's difficult to talk to your your friends and your family. And so you could be all alone. And that doesn't even bring into account that somebody could be shooting at you, which also causes stress. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Critics have then asked, why can't transgender individuals with gender dysphoria be allowed to serve far from those front lines and perhaps a desk or an office job? Yeah, a great question. And I, and I would get that question a lot too when I was in the Army. People would, asthma would say, hey, uh, why can't, why do I have to be, you know, be prepared to run? Why can't I be in an environment where I can get my medicine and my inhaler? And that's, uh, that's just not the way the military works. We need everybody uh, to be able to go onto the field and play their position without the ability to access, uh, you know, periodic medicines or all these, you know, counseling, that types of things, 
everybody has to be able to go on the field and do their job. Um, it's stressful and not everybody can do it. And, um, and so that's the way it has to be. So, and then another topic that I've seen in the mainstream media that I'd just like to get your reaction on, um, people have pointed to uh, transgender Navy SEAL Kristen Beck. The new CNN film, Lady Valor, it airs tonight. It looks at the life of a former SEAL Team 6 member with a quite a shocking secret. After retiring after 20 years of active duty service and 13, count them, 13 deployments as a Navy SEAL, Christopher Beck made the brave decision to transition to a woman. The film looks at Beck's journey and his new start as Kristen. General, what's your response to her story? Yeah, first off, I applaud uh, her for her service. And I, th- I think she, there's reason to believe uh, she's been heroic in her service as well. And so don't want to take anything away uh, from her service. But the military can't work on isolated examples when it sets its uh, acceptance criteria, its qualification criteria for entrance. And so just because you have a group of people or one person that has done extraordinarily well in the military you have to set your entrance criteria based on the broad evidence of a group. And so you really just can't work on an individual basis. General, in your opinion, if a decision were made to permit individuals with gender dysphoria to serve in the military, what do you feel would be the consequences? I worry. I worry greatly about that. I worry that our military units would now have groups of individuals more susceptible to anxiety more likely to attempt suicide, and I think the results uh, for our military readiness uh, could could be catastrophic. I also worry about the individuals themselves and the, their uh, suffering harm, mental harm, attempting suicide, uh, because we put them recklessly in the wrong environment for the wrong reasons. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Heritage Explains. I'll put the link to General Spore's op-ed in our show notes. Also, I would love to hear any feedback that you have about the show. Feel free to email me at managingeditor at heritage.org. Tim is up next week, and he will be explaining the Equality Act. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by Thalia Rampersad. It's because of support from listeners like you that we can continue to produce podcasts like Heritage Explains and SCOTUS 101. And you can help us keep it up by going to www.heritage.org slash podcast today to make your tax deductible gift. Are you looking for quick conservative policy solutions to current issues? Sign up for Heritage's weekly newsletter, The Agenda. In The Agenda, you will learn what issues Heritage scholars on Capitol Hill are working on, what position conservatives are taking, and links to our in-depth research. The Agenda also provides information on important events happening here at Heritage that you can watch online, as well as media interviews from our experts. Sign up for The Agenda on Heritage.org today.